Hello, everyone. Wow, what a crazy week. What a crazy time right now. I hope all of you are doing all right. Um, in this episode, Jamie and I talk about what is on everyone's mind the coronavirus and how we're all going to get through the next weeks or months together. Um, and for educators, this is a really interesting time for all of us. How do we keep doing Montessori education at a distance? How do we keep supporting our parents? How do we keep supporting the children? If we are a parent, how do we handle this? We talk through all of this because this is a, this is just something that has never happened before. And I think if we all keep communicating together, we're going to get through it. So we say this in the episode, but I want to urge all of you to reach out to us, please, because we'd love to be there for you. Um, you know, we love hearing from you. And in a time like this, I want us all to be able to lean on each other. So our email is allthingsmontessoripod at gmail.com. So please reach out to us with anything or DM us on Instagram, like whatever. We're here for you. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, and we will be talking to all of you, hopefully, very soon. Well, hi, Jamie. Hey, Rachel. Quite a week we've had. Quite a week. I feel like I'm, I'm having trouble keeping it all straight because I think it's changing every single hour or minute <laughs> at this point. I know. Oh. I know. I mean... The things that happened early last week seem quaint and long ago compared to the sort of reality we're dealing with now with the coronavirus. I know. And I even remember back in January when the news first broke of it, um, <clears throat> it seemed so far away, right? Like literally mm -hmm. it just seemed, oh, that's on the mm -hmm. other side of the world, whatever, we're going to be fine. And here we are. Here we are. We uh, we moved our older daughter home from college because they closed the dorms and are doing online school the rest of the year. And my younger one is off for at least two weeks from high school. So mm -hmm. lots of togetherness. I know. Lots of togetherness. Um, my school, so I'm in Virginia. And I know in Maryland, the same thing happened. The governor um, issued that all K through 12 schools close. Um, so we're closed for two weeks as well, but um, I'm beginning to think that it will be longer than two weeks. Uh, we have a plan for a month. We, uh, we mapped out all the weeks to follow. We actually, we did what a lot of schools did. I think we moved our spring break up um, and then we're actually going to do parent teacher conferences online as well. Um, like in zoom call fashion. So um, just to keep everybody talking and together for at least the first two weeks. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it is. It's so hard to plan for something that I really never thought um, would be a reality working at a school. I never thought that we would close for something like this. Um, I don't know. Well, this is I mean, it's never it's never happened before. And that's where I think. I, we all need to, you know, take some deep breaths and mm -hmm. be as patient as we can be uh, and as sort of outward thinking as we can be. I've noticed a tendency to become pretty self 
focus during these times, which is understandable. But realistically, this is a global issue. And a lot of the things that we're worried about right now, like how does my kid graduate or all of these things, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be ironed out at a certain point. But right now we have to deal with, you know, the powers that be have to deal with the massive problems and then we'll sort out the sort of repercussions later. So staying calm, staying, um, you know, uh, confident that this will be worked out is something we all can do, especially those of us that that are working with children or uh-huh. not working with children right now, <laughs> right, right? Working at a distance, working children. at a distance. Um, no, you're so right. It's so easy to sit there and just spiral or just think mm-hmm. about yourself and how it's affecting you. But if you think about it, I mean, this is a global issue. This is something that is connecting the entire world. Yeah. It's not a positive thing necessarily, but everybody on the planet is aware of this and is thinking about it and is, really worried and scared about it too. So we're all feeling those same anxieties. So it's really important, you and Jamie, you're so right, just to take a deep breath, do what you can to take care of yourself and those around you. Um, And we just need to get through this together, which is somewhat of a silver lining, (laughs) even though (laughs) the circumstances aren't that, aren't, you know, aren't positive, but, you know, having the world you know, get through something together might not be the worst thing in the world. Right. And we'll know, you know, we still don't know where it's leading. So we just have to sort of take one day at a time. And for all of us that are doing practicing social distancing, which will be more and more of us, I'm quite certain, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we need to consider what that means for children that are at home all day. And recognize that we can't offer the same level of instruction at a distance with no planning as we would right. if they came to school. So we just have to acknowledge that it's okay. Right, you know? right, <laughs> right. It, 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 and, and no one expects that, even, even the districts or, or places where you're feeling pressure to do that, everyone's going to realize that it's not possible in this kind of situation. So we have to be creative and we have to be maintain our confidence that children are going to self-construct whether or not we help them in the most optimal way. So they are going to still be learning. They are going to still be building themselves. And we have to just think of the various tools that will keep that going as best it can without an entire classroom prepared to meet their developmental needs. Yes. And I think there's some things that we can urge parents to do at home. But again, these children are going to be doing fine in the world because, you know, Maria Montessori always said that children are going to learn things. You know, they just are. They're they're built to explore the world and learn, especially the second plane child and as well as the first plane child as well. The Montessori environment is an elevated experience for the child because it's calling to their needs. And so, yes, they're not going to get that exactly at home. But, you know, one thing that's fabulous, I think, is I'm actually glad that it's at this time that this is happening. The children hopefully are normalized by now because <laughs> it's been a long time. And even if they're not, that's fine. That's OK. But, you know, this isn't October, you know, or even November. We're in March, you know. 
Right. Our last episode, we were just talking about winding down for the end of the year, which is kind of funny now that this is our episode. <laughs> um, but, you know, the children are to a place where something like this shouldn't throw them off too terribly much. Children yeah. are very, res- they're very resilient. And if we give them some tools and support them um, while it's not an ideal situation, they will still get a lot of the things that they need during this time. Yeah, totally. So, um, okay, so let's talk through what, you know, what we've heard people are doing and just sort of what we we think some, you know, let's go through some advice that we can offer right now. Um, one thing that I have learned through this experience, I've been I'm working in the in the office during this time and uh, being an administrator during this really tough, um, tough time. Um, I've just, it is such a stressful decision to make. Um, when the governor issued that we all close, it was sort of a relief, like, okay, good. (laughs) We, we have to do it. Right. Because it's such a hard decision to, um, you know, deprive children of all of this and, you know, all of that. It's, it feels really bad. Um, honestly, but also at the same time, you need to be preventative. You need to be on top of it. So it's sort of like a balancing Mm -hmm. act. Um, so for anybody who's been working in the office and working with parents, like just pat yourself on the back and just take a rest for a little bit, because I know the questions must be coming in from parents. I know that there's stress on you right now because, uh, you feel like you have to uphold the whole community together because, you know, if you're not there in school, what's going to happen, right? Um, but it is going to be all right. Um, and one thing I just want to urge, and I'll touch on this later, is um, communicate as much as you possibly can. You know, you don't want to be annoying and hovering, but also lack of communication is something that could really uh, break up your community right now when this is a time where everybody needs support. Um So even if it's email, um, even if it's updating your website, or even if you don't have any of those things, if you pick up the phone and call your parents, you know, maybe tomorrow, call your parent community, you know, just to touch base because um, they're, they're freaked out and now dealing with their children being home. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to say that really quickly, but we can jump into how to support um, teachers and how you can support your class during this time. Jamie, you had some awesome thoughts. Do you want to jump in on what you were telling me before this? I think I think awesome. um one thing to remember is that we again, we aren't going to be able to deliver cosmic education in the way that we've all been trained to do at the elementary level uh in this sort of situation because we don't have the prepared environment to rely on. So each child is in their own individual environment that we haven't helped to prepare for them. So there's some limits to what we can offer and and it's okay. So just give yourselves permission to acknowledge that. Um, they don't have, most of them don't have materials at home. So even if we were able to show them lessons, they can't practice with it. Uh, so, so it's, right. it's, it's going to be a time of being creative. I think the communication is a key component. And so I would encourage teachers to try to schedule individual meetings with each child every week, just like you would do in the classroom. 
Uh, and so, and I think that will be accessible for most families because most families at least have a phone, if not uh, right. uh, apps or other things they can use on their phone. We do have to keep in mind, and you all know your individual individual communities best, but not all families have internet access. Not all families have computers. So turning some of this to online instruction is really challenging. But a phone call, you can usually get through to most families. So I would encourage you to try to set up a plan for individual meetings. And in those meetings with children each week, you can give, you can, first of all, maintain your relationship and be a reassuring adult in their lives. You can uh, talk to them about what they've been doing and give them some ideas for further exploration. Um, and you can do some checking in, ask them to read a book to you uh, or or um, practice some math facts or some other things just, you know, one-on-one -on -one over the phone. So those, those, that would be one big thing that I recommend you try to put in place to maintain um, mm -hmm. relationship and connection. Um, right. And this doesn't have to be, you don't, you know, I mean, you could FaceTime or Skype or anything like that. But again, you're right, Jamie, a phone call is yep. fine. I think hearing your voice, anything like that, just that connection, um, that's so big for the child because like all Montessori students that I've met, they are really upset that they're not at school. <laughs> they're, they're missing school for sure. Um, they're going to want to be back there just as much as we all do as well. Um, so yeah, just, you know, bringing that element into the classroom. I think that's a really easy yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Don't you think, yeah. Jamie? Yeah. I think that's very possible. And then I would recommend that you record yourself reading out loud every day, whatever book you've been reading in class or start a new one and send a link for that to all families so that they can do that. Listen to that at whatever time during their day that works for them. It doesn't have to be and a, a particular time that every everyone meets online. Um, and that's going to help the, the children continue the, you know, of course, we're, we're encouraging parents to read out loud at home, too. But this provides another avenue of staying mm -hmm. connected, it keeps the language going. And for your families where um, English is not spoken at home, this can really help those children to continue to get some of that um, that language learning that they need. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think, um, I don't know what you think about this, Jamie, but what about, you know, continuing projects that the children have been doing in the class? Cause if you have older children, yeah. they, I'm, I'm positive. They have some, some work that they haven't finished yet. <laughs> um, that this yep. is, you know, maybe they're going to finally finish that history report or maybe, you know, anything yep. like that. And that is very doable at the home. Um, Yep. And and I would say like for children that are doing research and trying to do it at home, it might be that you as the teachers or parents take some time to to provide some good online resources for children so that that we're not losing children to uh, Googling mm -hmm. all day long because they don't have strong Googling mm -hmm. skills. Um, so so narrowing the focus for them so that they can have some some. Uh, resources for any research that they're doing. That's a great idea. Um, if you are still in school, or even if you're not, um, you could email this a, a document to parents. But I would 
trace all the constructive triangles and send them home so that parents can cut them out and children can can have um, some constructive triangle work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same could be do- true. You could do it for fractions mm-hmm. um, so that they still have some of that that hands-on work. And, and all that work can be exploration anyway. So oh, sure. um, yeah. it's not something that we have to check in on. Um, and that's really valuable for their developing geometry sense. We had some, just to interrupt for just real quick, sorry, that we had these two six-year-olds this past week when we were, you know, announcing all of this, um, they were talking about how they were going to make uh, different bead bars out of materials they had at home. It was so cute because um, they had some things in the kitchen that they thought would be the same size. And then we're talking about making like, I can make the six bead bar because I have that color at home. And anyway, I thought that was really sweet. Um, so anything like that to encourage that, you know, material making or anything, you know, if if they have six beads and they want to put it on a toothpick or something, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> um, anyway, I thought, that, I thought right. that was sweet. Right. Figure out ways to... So there's, you know, there's a handful of materials that can be, um, that can be made or, or organized at home. I, I would highly encourage listening to or watching, um, Schoolhouse Rock. Yes. Uh, yes. All day. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's great songs and practice for understanding parts of speech, understanding math facts, mm-hmm. understanding history and government. Um, so those would be things that I would encourage parents to do or have available for children at home. I think as parents are sort of considering this, and I'm even considering this with teenagers, like (laughs) how do we build structure into our days so that it isn't, um, it doesn't just spiral into everyone in their pajamas for weeks on end. Sure. Routine is huge, um, I think, for this time. Yeah. Yep. So I think figuring out how to build structure, and it doesn't mean that you have to have a three-hour work cycle like they would in the classroom, but, you know, here's this chunk of time that we're going to work on on our research or practice our reading or whatever, and then maybe a scheduled sort of practical life activity. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing that the environment at home is is prepared for, is that children can do a lot of practical life work at whatever age they are. Absolutely. So, you know, absolutely. They should be involved in cooking and the meals and cleaning up from the meals, mm-hmm. um, doing the laundry, cleaning all the doorknobs. Yeah. In the house. Our elementary <laughs> class has been on a cleaning tear at the before we closed. Um, and if you just do a little bit of, um, I know on EAA talk there was a story that someone wrote about the coronavirus. It was. It was great. Um, I think if you, you know, just tell your child a little bit about it, they know about it if they're in tune. I mean, children know they're going to want to clean the house from top to bottom anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something Mm -hmm. that is going to naturally happen. Um, I think, too, um, if you haven't done this yet as a teacher to your parents, um, this might be worth an email just making a chart of a rough outline of what the typical day looks like in the elementary classroom or the primary classroom. Routine is a little bit more important for a primary age child. Um, I know our primary guides have um, they've they've written out what the routine looks like for our parents because um, parents were actually they were asking because they they want the child to 
um, you know, be able to keep somewhat of that routine because children thrive on that. They thrive on structure. Um, And if they have those limits, it might take a few days for them to go, okay, I'm not really just home and I can't just watch, you know, whatever for Doc McStuffins or I don't know what what children's shows are hot right now. Wild Kratz. I don't know. They they need to know that that's not what this is all about. Right. Like it's this is during the week because I'm sure a lot of parents are also working, too. So that's the other thing. Um, you're for the time being we're right. <laughs> Who knows? We don't know. Um, but I know that's that's something that will be happening. Um, and so if your child, you know, maybe you, you get a big whiteboard and you could even write down the schedule for the first week or something. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm sort of just spitballing here, but you know, waking up at a certain time, having breakfast, having that work time, you know, that routine just from eight to three p.m. That that'll be really good for the child. Um, yep, I think you know, and it can include you know physical exercise mm-hmm. outside or going for a walk. At least again for the time being. Right. Nature's not canceled um, I, yet. So please go outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, another uh, great little short video website that parent I would encourage parents to use sort of not, you know, sparingly, but it can inspire. I think they're sort of um, similar to Montessori presentations in terms of offering just keys about really interesting things in the world is a website or it's on YouTube, um, Crash, Cor- Crash Course Kids. Uh, there's a Crash Course website for adults too, which for upper elementary children would probably be just fine. I mean, even, you know, it's just a little more sophisticated, but they're on YouTube. They have uh, Crash Course Kids and they're little five to seven minute videos about really interesting things in the world. And so you could use those, you know, um, a couple a day to inspire further research or understanding of different concepts. Mm, that's great. Um, yeah, they're great. They're really they're great. I I've I've used I've used them on training courses to help adults understand concepts before we do them um on on the course. So, I highly recommend them. Uh but again, you don't want children sitting and watching TV all day long, but right. little videos to get them inspired and and into research. Um oh, for there's sure. a number of I mean, I've, you know, the all of social media is flooded with ideas. So there's tours of different, you know, um, online tours of different museums around the world that are available. I saw um, that. How awesome. Yeah. I saw that today. I, I was like, this is great. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So doing those kinds of things, but it also does mean that, that, some of that you're going to need to do with an adult as much as possible, like sitting next to the child, right. and, you know, the, right. um, to, to help them process and discuss. Um, play Yahtzee because there's tons of math Yahtzee's in the game of Yahtzee. Mm-hmm. Play Scrabble. <laughs> and Scrabble's another one. Scrabble. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Bananagram. Bananagram's so fun. Um, all of those really help to build some basic uh, numeracy and literacy skills. And consider the other board games um, that you could do on a daily basis. Um, make sure children are reading every day mm-hmm. and that they're read to every day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I think also um, going back to physical education, um, I think 
you know, it's a stressful time and your child might be anxious also because there's a lot of unknown. So I don't know if you do yoga or into meditation or anything like that. It can be as simple as just like sitting quietly or something, or maybe you have a book on meditation or something like that. But I found that yoga and meditation are really helpful with children um, and they get really into it also. Um, I had these little yoga cards that I got off Amazon that just were like different poses of yoga. Um, I had ch- I had children doing that for hours. Like they were because it's mm-hmm. basically gymnastics at, a, at some level. And they're so freaking flexible when they're eight years old. So they can right. do any of these things. Um, so anything like that, too, I think would be would be great. Um, and also um, any kind of art is something that Mm -hmm. I think would be very therapeutic and beautiful at this time. It can also, you can get, um, while you still can, if you don't have any yarn, picking up some yarn from Michael's and doing handwork. Um, You can just YouTube if you don't know how to hand crochet or hand knit or anything like that. Um, That's another thing that, one, it builds concentration and it helps with their fine motor and their um, finger finger strength. Um, but that is another thing that will occupy a child for a very, very long time. Um, and if you can't get out, I mean, go ahead and go to Amazon and right, those other places. Right, exactly. On- online delivery is still happening. Still happening. Um, and that's, a, you know, an easy way if you can get some of those kinds of supplies. Um, uh, so, yeah, all of those things. Great ideas. And and then also recognizing that children are going to need like reassurance and connection from the important adults in their lives. Mm-hmm. So so that's uh, parents and caregivers, whoever's at home with them. Sometimes, you know, this is a this is kind of like an earthquake in our lives in terms of, you know, the world we used to know has been shaken definitely (laughs) definitely this is brand so uncharted territory in a lot of ways exactly so you know even my teenagers have said you know has this ever happened before mama like Mm, they want mm -hmm. guidance and I'm like well actually no so I I've got yeah (laughs) no I I've never experienced it you know but I have to you know we have to be the sort of reassuring and and calm adults and that might mean that especially at the beginning of this you know as everyone's figuring figuring out their routines and how to make this work that it doesn't feel like we're being super productive and that's okay. It's okay. (laughs) It's totally okay. okay. If we're helping children to feel safe, if we're navigating new routines and figuring out the best way of, of staying home together, that's okay. Um, It'll, it'll take a little bit of time to, to get used to this new reality and figure out the best ways of moving forward. So I, I just say again to all parents and caregivers and teachers and admin, like, give yourself permission to be, like, overwhelmed by this and, and, and have things be imperfect for the time being as we all sort of trust that we're striving our best to do what's best for for everyone in the middle of this complete, I mean, I hear it over and over again. It's unprecedented. I know. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Completely, completely unprecedented. We have, we have nothing in our sort of um, toolbox of previous experiences to help guide us through something like this. So we just have to be patient and creative and innovative and, and we will move forward. Yes, we will. Um, and also any, I was, oh. <laughs> 
Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, if there are any parents listening and you feel like you're not uh, connecting with your school, just reach out to them. Um, I think schools want to hear from you and schools are also, we're all scrambling to figure out what the best way to support our community is. So um, I think the conversation should go both ways. And I think if you have anything that you need or you want to chat with someone, just don't hesitate to reach out because your school wants to support you. Um, and I don't, I don't think any of us want you to feel alienated um, because again, uncharted territory. We've said it a million times. Right. Uh, right. What were you going to say? And also think about like helping your children maintain their relationships with their peers. And it may, may not be that you can meet in person. And perhaps, I mean, there's, um, there's not a clear guideline yet about social distancing and whether we need to all be right. A hundred percent practicing mm-hmm. it. Um, but it's probably, you know, it's probably wiser to just not interact too much with too many other people, but then um, let your children call and have a chat with a friend or FaceTime or whatever you have the capability to do so that they can continue that, that social interaction periodically. And that's, that's an important sort of developmental activity. Having conversations is really important. That's why children can talk all day long in Montessori environments if they want to. Yes. Um, so so and not just their friends call the grandparents mm-hmm. call you know whomever mm-hmm. uh, on a regular basis too to get some other social interaction uh, beyond the people within your house well it's so funny because we're in this social social distancing phase but I actually think in some very strange way it's going to make us all really reach out to one another more than we would have right like I've been talking to my family and my grandparents and like way more than I usually do. I mean, I'm in contact with them, you know, like anybody, but I've been talking to them so much. Um, And look, I know we don't do a lot of technology in the Montessori environment, but this is an opportunity where it can really help. It can really help us. Um, And even just the phone, like we said, like just talking to somebody on the phone. How great is that? Um, and that's yeah. something that um, children, they're going to want to talk to their friends. They're going to want to, you know, check in with their teacher, all of those things. They're going to miss each other. Um, and so having like little conference calls and those things, I think, will be honestly really great memories for those children, mm-hmm. you know, down the road. Um, <laughs> and I just had an image of my childhood um, when uh, my my parents didn't believe in grounding us for as a form of punishment, but my best friend across the street her, would get grounded periodically, mm-hmm. which meant she couldn't go across the street. So we would just sit on the curb across the street from each other and talk Aww. for like hours, <laughs> you know, and social distancing is a little like that. That's like so sometimes great. you might need to... Um, you know, you might not be able to be that close to each other, but you know, you can sit. I mean, I, you can sit across the street from each that's other. That's so and, great. And I love that. Oh my gosh, that's so yeah, that's so sweet. Yeah, that that should be a just a photo of that. <laughs> like, what does social distancing mean? <laughs> that's so great. Right, we keep our space, but we can still work to maintain. I mean, you've seen the videos online from Italy where you know neighborhoods are singing together without leaving their homes. Oh, it's so beautiful. Like that, you know, it's just beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. It's amazing. So we have to, we have to do our best. But I think 
really trying not to panic and not feeling like we are going to endeavor to deliver the same level of instruction away from school. Yes, that's going to mean that perhaps some children aren't going to make the progress they would have made if they had gone to school every day. And yes, it does mean that the standardized test scores are going to be impacted by this. And I'm getting from some of the things I've read, it seems like the Department of Education is very clear on that. And I'm quite certain that there will be some clear responses about about whether those scores matter and how that impacts district funding and all of those other things that I'm sure people in those positions are very worried about. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, again, I think we're going to have, you know, we're going to remember spring of 2020 for decades to Forever. come as the time mm-hmm. when there were exceptions to, to most things. So I think recognizing that what we're going to do is do our best to continue to support children and being excited about learning, giving them lots of practical life activities to do at home and, and, and maintaining their love of learning through any, any means possible, make sure that we're still doing some literacy and reading activities, having good conversations to build vocabulary, um, and playing different games and encouraging further research. Um, those are the kinds of things that can go a long way. Oh, and I was thinking too for elementary children, like tables A, B, and C could oh, be home. Yeah, that's a great point for math work. Mm-hmm. Um, economic geography activities. So that might be something that you could help parents understand how to help children start looking at what is produced and where. Yeah. Maybe you can send parents some maps that children could draw their I was thinking about products maps. on. I mean, look, they could do they could keep an updated map of where the virus is spreading. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. Right. But they could No, they and yeah. And the number of cases for some children, they might just love that sort of map. Right. Work. That's fascinating. Um, they could explore production and consumption. So there's a lot within economic geography that I think would be interesting. Also, interdependencies work Mm -hmm. could be really fun for children right now as we see how our normal interdependencies are disrupted. Yeah, or even like fundamental needs, how we all Mm -hmm. are going through this together and how are we going to get our fundamental needs, like, you know, anything like that. I also think, too... um, and this is, goes back to the guide reading aloud. I think if there's any stories that you haven't told the children, you could record yourself telling stories. Um, and those yep. could also be available um, because stories are such a, they're like the framework of the Montessori elementary classroom. And, you know, it's not something where follow-up work is necessarily required. It's the, it's to tell a story to tell a story. Um, so you could right. you could just, definitely have that available to the children and it could be relevant to what's happening right now or it could be totally not. It could be something that happened. You know, you could do a story about the uh, Spanish flu. Right. Because there's they're comparing this to that. Right. In 1918. Yep. Um, or it can be something completely unrelated. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I mean, this is a time right now for all of you teachers that have a little more spare time to um, write some more of those stories you've been meaning to write about different things. So you could write stories about local and state history and share those stories. This is it and record them and send them. Um, uh, You could you could tell the stories of the function of a fruit and then encourage children to 
look at fruits at home. Um, you know, those kinds of things can still happen. You're just not going to be able to see the follow-up work. Right. And you're not mm-hmm. going to be able to sort of do that in, um, informal assessment that we do in the classroom where after you've given a lesson, you go to give another one and you check in on the prior knowledge first and see before you move on. We aren't going to be able to do that. Right. We just can't. We can't. You know, so... This is a time of sowing seeds and giving families ideas for um, practice and follow up, but not necessarily being able to ensure that that's happening. So we have to remember that Montessori tells us to sow seeds and that those seeds will start to grow. They germinate in different times. It takes different seeds longer. And so know that the seeds that we sow, even during this time, are going to grow eventually even if we're not checking in on it every day, like we might be tempted to do in the classroom. Yeah, this is a really big challenge. We have to really exercise our trust, right? Um, with with this mm-hmm. whole process, you're so right. Um, and have faith in the children and in the parents. Um, and I mean, I do. I, I think this is a time where we have the opportunity to really dig into some of those seeds, right? Like, Yep. So those seeds that we haven't really been able to yet. And then um, whenever we get all back together, whenever that will be, um, you'll have so much to catch up on and you'll be able to see what the children have been working on. Um, and and I th- and remember, children survive summer with no lessons. Yes. And we definitely regularly, especially with children that are struggling to acquire some basic skills, we notice that gap in instruction in uh, and we have to work on it but we do work on it so so this gap in instruction isn't going to you know destroy their development forever it's just something that we'll have to work on when we're all back together right so that's the other thing to keep in mind very true well, Jamie and I were talking before this we are going to uh, work hard during the next few weeks to get out honestly as many episodes as we can um, because we know that right now inspiration is key (laughs) and uh, keeping in touch with Montessorians just within your community and also all over the world is something really important right now. So we're going to um, hopefully, I mean, we will, we're not going to have very much (laughs) other things to do other than trying to stay sane. Um, so we're going to try to put put out some more episodes. So definitely look out for that um, because now and we'll the do time. yeah and and we'll do um, we'll do practical episodes. And if you have things to share that your schools are doing that you think are really useful, send those on to us, yes, please. Um, and we'll share them on here. And also, we may just do some completely. Um, you know, back to basics, you know, theory conversations that aren't as practical, but hopefully remind you of, of important things about children. So we'll, you know, we'll be doing both of those things. If you have ideas of things that you'd like us to address, um, you know, send them off to us and we'll work on that. And please, um, and hopefully we'll also be connecting with other people um, since a lot of people have more spare time now uh, that yes. we can bring some other people to you as well. So we, you know, we're going to make a big effort to uh, to stay connected with all of you as we all go through this um, 
crazy, crazy <laughs> experience together. Right. Um, exactly. All all new things. Um, but yeah, we want to build up our community and be there. So please email us um, all things Montessori pod at gmail.com. If you have any ideas or even if you have any questions, uh, we would love to hear from you. Um, and we look forward to putting out new episodes soon during this little um, break from reality. <laughs> yep. So take care. Uh, wash your hands. Wash Stay away your from hands large, from large <laughs> crowds and small crowds and uh, and do your best and be patient with yourself and with everyone around you as we as we navigate this unknown reality. But, you know, we can do it and we will do it. Um, it's just gonna it's just going to be different. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll keep you posted with new new ideas and new things to do. Um, and best of luck to everyone. Take care of yourselves, everybody.